Welcome to the Femme Fatale podcast, where we interview some of the coolest female and non-binary folks in film. In this episode, we have the absolute honor of speaking with Annette Dieppe-Rodriguez. Annette is currently studying a degree in cinematography at BUAP and is a producer for the collective Acer Cine. Previously, she has participated in the production of multiple short films such as Chale, which participated in a fake documentary series, Oasis, which is the winner of the Best in Show Award on Friday night at the Femme Fatale Film Festival in 2021, and Inu, which is shown at Itinerant Cinema. Together with Animexa Studios, she produced a short film called Fair, which currently serves as a resource at Casa Nueva Esperanza. She has pitched two animated projects in front of the Pixelatl jury. She directed the documentary Si Dios lo permite, official selection of the Docs 2020 Challenge and winner of Best University Short at Ellipsis 2021. And without further ado, welcome Annette to the podcast. Hello, Astrid. Uh, no, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to see you again. I'm super happy and thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. So for all of our listeners who don't have the context, you won one of the two Best in Show Awards for the 2021 festival, which was absolutely incredible. And so we are talking about your film Oasis, which was the winner, but also your work in general and all of uh, your sort of thoughts and experiences uh, of filmmaking coming from Mexico. So that's like super exciting for me. I keep talking to people who are from, I think mostly Canada, maybe the US as well, maybe just Canada. And so I kind of know a little bit about what like film school looks like here and what the film scene is like here, but I really don't know a lot about the film scene in Mexico. So I'm so excited to hear about that. Yeah, so let's get started. Uh, how would you describe yourself in three words, our ultimate challenging beginning question? <laughs> Yeah, very challenging. Um, I think I could describe myself as creative, uh, mm -hmm. resilient, and sensitive. I mm -hmm. think that that uh, last is very important for me because a lot of um, movies are made from the technician view and all that stuff. And I think sensitive is pretty important for our our cinema. Yeah, for sure. With that, you also with cinema, there's so many different things to be addressing at once when you're making a film, especially as a student or as a young filmmaker when you're in charge of all of it. So being sensitive is so important so that you can make sure that you're you're adhering, you're getting everything together and sort of like making that final piece feel connected. Um, yeah, I like those three words. Those are good three words. I think like most, I think most of the filmmakers are saying creative, which I think is awesome. Cause like, of course you're yeah. creative. <laughs> Well, I know, but we're creative though. <laughs> yeah, but it's perfect. We can see how much you are. So yeah, do you want to tell us a bit about your film Oasis first and then some of the, like maybe the context of like where that's coming in from previous work you've done and maybe work that you're hoping to do in the future, like what you, where you sort of see yourself and that film in your trajectory as an artist? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, um, about uh, Oasis, um, it was first or originally it was a tale I wrote, um, mini fiction I wrote like a, when I was 15 years old, and I don't know I just grow and when I was at the film school they asked us to make a film that has no no voice no um, conversation stuff mm. and I I think about this this tale and I think I I want to do it I want to do it and. It was amazing for me to it to become an 
audiovisual expression of what I got in my imagination before. I, I, I like to write, to write and I like to read and all the things. And when I was thinking about what I want to do for my life, I think first I will write books. Mm -hmm. So um, then I think, nope, here in Mexico, we don't read a lot and maybe I won't be read it. <laughs> so, so I think, okay, we saw movies, we like movies and I, I'll do movies. And that's my, my starting in the film stuff and in the, um, I don't know how to say, it, but like in the film crew or family that we have here in Mexico. And well, about my, my projects, I like to, to do these kind of things that ends with you asking where was he, where was her, mm -hmm. um, if she was in the desert or if she was in her room and all that like confusing stuff in my stories. I think that's something I do um a lot <laughs> I really liked it I feel like there's a certain kind of mystery that can be communicated in film that's really hard to communicate in other mediums and like with your film and maybe maybe also we could start with like a little recap of your film for the audience in case they've it's been a little while so maybe in case they forget we'll do that in a second but what I was gonna say to the um yeah being confused about like where you are I feel like that's such an interesting you play with that so interestingly in the oasis because then you get kind of lost in like figuring out which part is reality and which part is the dream in a sense of like oh well is it really this or that and then I feel like that just like makes the whole question of what the film is trying to say so much deeper because then you also have to decipher what the film is in the first place before you can really understand like what the artist statement is I really like that I felt like the right amount of lost in your film, which I enjoyed. I thought that was really like very mysterious. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so do you want to give us just a little recap of your film and your project? Sure. Um, maybe I should start that Oasis is about a girl that is lost in the desert and she wants to get um, a glass of water. <laughs> I, I think that's that's all. I will describe my, my short film like that. <laughs> Um, and then she she's just we don't know if she's in this in, in this um, oasis or if she's in the in in her room. We have a lot of transitions between one another place, so it makes it like more in a like if we were in a dream, you know. This this short film, I think I I think it's about just the the thirst. It, it's the dearest and if you get thirsty uh, watching this film that's all and I, I, I'm glad you watch it thank you <laughs> <laughs> but but if you have um, a reflection like, like uh, about that um, maybe we could start thinking about first all the women lost in deserts here in Mexico that, that are a lot <laughs> and I don't know I don't think that's cool but I think it's important because the actress got, got the stories the actors got the the news and um, the reality stuff into her um, interpretation of the character. All the women that we have lost in these years and that have appeared dead in the north of Mexico, they they are in this short film. Also, right. and how we feel in our rooms with anxiety, and it's like 
it gets hotter and hotter and we are lost in our rooms and we are lost in our minds, no? Cool, yeah. Yeah, I find that really interesting that you bring that up as well because I was really curious to talk to you especially about your theme behind the film since it does feel like so lost and mysterious and there feels like there are so many different layers of like the tone of seriousness with which you take that like you said like it could just be about about being thirsty or it could be about the deeper element of like what is it to be thirsty and sort of what I got from it was this sense of just like always striving for something in life and not really sure whether or not you're going to get it, which seems like that's kind of common to a lot of the different things you were talking about there. Um, and it's really amazing that you're able to communicate all of that without any dialogue. So what was that process like? Because you said before that the project was about not using dialogue to support your story. So how did you, why was it this idea that you wanted to, to explore in that sort of boundary and um yeah was that challenging how was that experience yeah um it, it was challenging but i was lucky to have a crew um with whom i got along amazingly and they understood well it, it was great the understanding that that they got about the script um the actress also connected a lot with the story and my photographer oh he he read the script and he was like I got this. I got this. I'm feeling it. I'm doing it. <laughs> and, and he helped me a lot with that because I I was thinking of um of editing in my script and he was thinking of editing in the uh, in the picture and the um cinematography. And like with that connection we had, we could make this happen to be something that the people really felt when they saw the film with, when they watched this this short film. They, they really um, understood how how we wanted to to tell them we were not in the desert uh, nor in the in the bedroom you know mm -hmm. and when when I was thinking of what what, what I have to tell the people I, I may sound like like I am repeating myself but I just talk about the thirsty I I, I was thinking I was in second semester of, of the film school, so I, I was little too. <laughs> and, and, and I was thinking, if I could do, if I could get that someone that, that saw this film could get thirsty and, and want to get a, a glass of water, just one person, I made it all because that's an, an animal feeling, that's a nature mm. um, sense that we got thirsty. And if, if, if I can provoke this emotion that are so so animal and so nature in us I could provoke everything I could provoke uh tears and I could provoke love no <laughs> and and that was what I was thinking about and when the, the the cinematographer read the script he says we can do it we can do it and we will and and I, I think that 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 is my my connection with the cinematographer was was a clue in in this mm -hmm. in, in in this realization also the music, I was forgetting about the music, but I, I think it's very important because I was working with a musician that was in um city of Mexico, that's two hours ago from my home. Um, we made the music all in WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I tell them, um, I tell him like, I need you to use bones and use... um something that sounds like like the sand and, and and he was like I don't know but I will try 
I will try and you tell me. <laughs> and he was sending me audios like, how do you hear this? And how do you hear that? And, and I did, I was like, oh my God, I love it. I love all. <laughs> you, you got it? Yeah, that's super cool to think about too, because like ultimately what it sounds like you're saying is really just that the communication is like the most in part, important part of your practice in filmmaking. And yet you made a film where you're communicating something really strongly to the audience without using any words or any specifics really. And and it all came together through people sort of understanding this, just like, yeah, like you said, just this animal need to just yeah. drink a glass of water. Like, I wonder if that was also so helpful to your other collaborators who can also just understand that. And when you can base all, your whole film and your whole theme off of, a really simple you can really distill your idea down to something really simple and then everyone can understand it perfectly it must be so much easier what's your are you in a film program do you want to tell me a bit about your school situation like are you in a film program at school yeah well what well it's not a film school it's a, a college okay. <laughs> that has this film program well, okay. and and the, we have five years of this program Maybe for the perspective in Mexico, we are not prepared to live of our films. We're prepared to 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 make them, to make it. Um, we know how to how to take a camera. We know how to take sound. We know all that that technician stuff. But we don't know how to sell a project. We don't know how to how much does it does it cost? Uh, how much can I can I say it costs my work? So. Um, yeah, I think it's cool, but it's not complete for me. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, d I don't think it's focused on in a lot of programs of like the business side of everything. Hopefully there's other ways to learn that as well, or even just connecting with other people who have done it already. Yeah. Something interesting about the film school here in Mexico is that they do ask you for a portfolio and and they made an interview for you, like yeah. to be sure that, that you're not here just because you don't have maths and all that yeah stuff. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's cool but also I think there is a lot of people here in Mexico that don't have the um ability not the ability the, the, the access to 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 movie theaters even right. and to film and and they have to travel like hours to get a computer to to see movies and then go back to their little towns and and I think that's a little harder because you you close the doors to all the people yeah. that have different visions of the world just because yeah. they are not prepared or they don't know who was the first filmmaker in history and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, and in a way, isn't aren't those the most important people to to give a camera? Because they, they would be able to tell a story that, yeah, like you said, maybe hasn't been told before if there's it's always the same kinds of people that don't have access and obviously those people need to be heard. To the point of your film too, like part of filmmaking that I love so much is that it's a language that that is goes beyond so many other languages. Like, you know, I can understand your film even though I don't speak Spanish. And I mean, we're talking together in English now, but like you're coming mm -hmm. from the perspective of someone who does speak Spanish and that's the language that you would have communicated, I'm assuming, um, in to make the film. And so it's amazing that we can then both be sharing the same project in the same art. It even could be that we can't speak the same language at all, but we can both watch the film and enjoy it. So 
at Etobicoke School of the Arts, like that's the high school I went to. At the end of our four-year program, they were asked us the question, or they asked us, what would be the one question that we're always trying to answer through our films or always trying to ask through our films? Yeah, the, the, the question you keep coming back to, I think, is the best way I could put it. Well, <laughs> well I, I hadn't asked myself that. <laughs> but I, I think something that, that I'm constantly talking about is frustration in, mm -hmm. in my films. I, I think we are full of frustration and we, don't, we, we just don't get our wishes done um, most of the time. So my my question will be, did my get did I get my wish done? <laughs> did I get what I wished? And I, I think that's pretty hard because I, I have a lot of frustration too and and to project that in my movies is is making me vulnerable. <laughs> but but it's important to me to to get all that out of me. So 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 people go on to their dreams and to 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 take like the challenge and to make things come true and don't get like oh I wish that would have been yeah yeah I like that I like that idea you kind of have an answer for yourself then too <laughs> yeah <laughs> to work through it the question will we ever be satisfied and the answer you just have to keep dying <laughs> that's awesome but have you been making other work recently and are there any other projects that are on the same note that you want to talk about that are like that are similar to the the, the oasis that was in the festival well similar they're not similar because i i've been um focusing in documentary right now oh cool and okay it's called storge that means fatherly love in greek okay Cool. And it's a portrait of the life of a friend of mine that um, sadly he he died in 2020. Well, but he, he was old. He he was uh, 81 years old. Um, he used to collect garbage. That was his work. Mm -hmm. And he used to take care of his son that has schizophrenia. So this uh, documentary is very important for me because he was my friend. And it was very nice for me to spend time with them um, while we were filming the documentary and also it was even nicer to continue listening to him while we was editing the film mm -hmm. it was a lot of work I filmed this in 2019 mm -hmm. and I just finished it like uh, two months ago oh wow because, yeah yeah because it was hard it was I, I was watching the film and the recordings and I was like oh he will love this or nope he this this is not him I will delay this and I sacrifice a lot of the aesthetics of the film for the story yeah that's so interesting that you're you're going into more of a documentary direction now because it's definitely not like what Oasis was like but I'm really curious to see what your filmmaking translates to in documentary it's more challenging make documentaries because that's that's real stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, that there are things that happen and I, I need to do a lot of research um, for every documentary I, I made. Um, I don't know, I, I love both, but I think it's harder for me to make documentary for all this, that research and that sensibility I have to, to have mm -hmm. than fiction. Yeah. You, you know what? There's also another challenge. Um, I don't know, if you have this word in um, in other films, but 
when when I was pitching my story to other people, mm -hmm. they were like, that's poverty porn, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, because because he was like a garbage collector and, and that stuff. Okay. And I was like, nope, <laughs> he's my friend. And, yeah. and I don't know how to tell you, but but this is not about poverty. It's about the love they have between them. That's so unfortunate too, because then you're just trying to tell this really genuine story. And the fact that other people are seeing it as poverty porn is really just their own impression of the scenario. Like it's kind of more telling of how they're seeing it than it is of how you're portraying it in the film. Like that's what I said. <laughs> and that's hard. I mean, it's hard to grapple too with big ideas. Um, what has been your most exciting experience on set? Um, I remember another another uh, time we were just about to shoot and we don't have a location. Oxos or 7-Elevens mm -hmm. kind of stores that so so we we don't have the location and the producers were like oh I don't know I asked a friend but he was busy and and, and we were like a week from the from the shooting and we don't have a location. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was walking on the street. I, I look at this 7-Eleven um, in the corner and I was like, maybe I, I can ask <laughs> if we we can shoot here the next week. So so I went to the 7-Eleven. I wasn't prepared at all. And I was like, hi, I'm a film student and I want to take, um, I, I want to make this, this charm film. It's about a 7-Eleven that it's assaulted. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe you can, you can let us um, film here. Uh, and the manager was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. So the next week we, we, we went to film and the people was like, uh, the 7-Eleven the, the must be open. So we, we shoot when we were um, when 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 it was empty, and we stopped when there was people. Right. So the people was like, "Oh my God, what are you doing?" We're like, "We're film filming a short film, oh, like for the TV, maybe." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, maybe. "We're students. I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> hopefully maybe one one day. One day. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully one day. <laughs> and they just stay looking <laughs> yeah watching all what, what what we were doing and that was that was amazing for me that's so fun oh well, that's so great too when you like need something for a film you don't know how you're gonna get it and the first person you ask is just like totally okay with helping you out um you're making independent films now but if you had unlimited resources of the whole entire world and you got to make any film uh what would you want to talk about well, yeah, maybe it's like, um, I don't know, a, a simple idea, but I have this idea in my mind that I want to make a movie about soulmates and it requ requires a lot of time travelers and, and BFX and <laughs> something that I haven't been able to do on a low mm -hmm. budget. So I would love to, to do that with like paying us because all my, my crew, uh, um, at least until now to really pay them what they um their value yeah yeah for sure I mean it's so important too to be able to like pay 
your artist as much as possible, but it's so hard for young artists who also aren't getting paid to do. Yeah, Yeah. When I asked this question, most of the time people just would make the same films that they make right now. They would just pay everyone and, you know, like they maybe have access to like some better computers, but a lot of people would just sort of like, you're still just telling your story, which is kind of nice to hear because at the end of the day, I feel like so many of the young filmmakers that are at Femme Fatale are, yeah, really just about telling really interesting stories. Um, Again, I don't have a good segue into this question, but I was wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about being a woman in filmmaking um, and how, like, I guess the question is, how have you felt that um, being a woman has influenced your experience of filmmaking since Femme Fatale is ultimately a festival for female and non-binary filmmakers? Um, so yeah, what's, what's, what's it been like for you as a woman in filmmaking? Well, um, just yesterday, um, a, a dude <laughs> asked me, so um, you as a filmmaker, are you into feminist, feminist stuff? And, that, and, and I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a woman. I'm into feminism <laughs> and, and and gender equality perspectives, and I'm into that. Of course, I am. <laughs> I think it has uh, advantage and disadvantage in in being a woman in the film his- industry because I can work with very talented women mm-hmm. because I don't doubt their work uh, and I don't doubt the, their abilities and they don't doubt mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's the the most important thing that I've learned from from being a woman in film industry, mm. because the people do a, a lot. Like, you know, you you go for a work and you 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 shows your your portfolio and it's great and all that. But when you get on set, they're like, "Are you sure?" Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about everything. You wanna eat a cookie and they are like are you sure <laughs> yeah and I hate that in my experience and when I work with dudes like dudes are like oh yeah I, I got it just trust me and I'm like nope yeah show me you got it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that so I became a teacher uh, last year and I I think I teach young people <laughs> kids <Really? laughs> yeah what do you teach um I teach documentary <laughs> oh my god that's so cool yeah it's, it's lovely and I love what they what they do because they have something that I don't have and that's the kids perspective <laughs> yeah yeah and, and as a, a woman teaching filmmaking there there are also little there are girls that that I like oh I want to become a filmmaker and I want to be like you and <laughs> It's 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 so emotional for me because I would love to have that representation when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and, and I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I I think that's that's I mean I didn't realize you're teaching, so that's really exciting. And also I feel like that's that's so much of what's happening now is that we're really able to address and acknowledge how much there's been lacking, um, yeah, just female representation in the whole film industry we're kind of the generation that has to create that representation, which is pretty cool. That's like awesome that that's, that's happening. And then the, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love, I just want to bring it up again. Cause I love that so much that you said that 
that the the thing that makes it empowering to work with other women is that you don't doubt them and they don't doubt you like I think that's so important because also if you think about just being on film sets and being in creative spaces it's so so important that your team trusts you and then you trust your team and that's not I've never like thought of it that way before but totally it's like guys just sometimes don't trust like us as much as they should and like just being fully 100% trusted by your teammates is that's what's gonna make good movies like that's what you need that's the fuel so yeah that's that wanted to highlight highlight what you said there because I agree so much (laughs) thanks Um, so what, what advice would you give to your younger self? I guess this is also maybe what advice do you give to the students that you're teaching um, about filmmaking, about, about finding your, your space in, in filmmaking? Well, first of all, don't be scared. Like, if, you, <laughs> if it's your dream, just go, go for it. <laughs> you're more talented than you think. And don't be scared to ask. As, as I uh, I met with the 7-Eleven, I asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The worst awesome. thing they could tell me was nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just go for it. And, and also something that I say to young filmmakers is if you really want to be part of the industry, you don't have to be good. You have to be the best mm-hmm. because we are a lot and we all want to live of the industry and I hope someday we all live <laughs> of our work but in this time and to be real uh, in a realistic perspective you need to be the best and you don't have to to be ashamed of your work here in Mexico we have a, a, a quote um, that it says like I, I'm going to say in Spanish and 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 I'm going to search it so how to to translate it into English. Okay, awesome. because, but it's like chicle y pega, <laughs> gum may sticks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like like you just put that gum and maybe it could stick there. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like you kind of got to put you put yourself out there and like it might happen, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that. yeah. <laughs> Oh, is it like the little, like the little gum that comes in those little tiny packages? Is that, what's it called? Chick something? Chicle. Chicle? Is that Chicle. Yeah. yeah. My grandparents spend time in Mexico and they always send those to us in the mail. And I just get these yeah. little packages. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, I think I have two more questions for you. These are the two that I always love to end off with. And then I'll also give you a chance. Uh, to bring up anything else you want to talk about if there's anything else you want to add um the first of my last two questions is was there a piece of advice that helped you get to where you are today that someone else told to you or that you like found somewhere yeah I think the the point is the same like to to don't be scared to try but it, it is a quote that specifically goes like um don't don't cry because the stars are gone because the, the tears won't be won't let you see the sun oh, okay and, yeah 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 and, and I anything I, I loved it because because sometimes you 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 just don't get all the things that you want so sometimes you you fail and you're like oh, I, I'm the worst and uh, I I won't be doing this again ever and that's definitely the point. Just just keep doing it and just keep trying. And if you if you fail, just get up and go on again. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, and then my last question is always, when you're a kid, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? And what do you want to be when you grow up now? Well, actually, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a biologist. <laughs> oh, really? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but when I got to high school and I got my first biology class, I got like, nope, that's not my stuff. <laughs> I'm not good at it. I'm not going to live about this. <laughs> yeah. So so then it changed to, to storyteller, like filmmaking. That's amazing. Well, I'm so, it was so great to chat with you. I'm so excited to see this next film and to um, hear about all your new work coming forward. Um, so keep, yeah, send me whatever you want to send me. Send me everything. <laughs> uh, of course, I will. And thank you and thank the, the listeners that are here. Yeah, thank everyone for listening. <laughs> they, they got the patience and they understood my English. <laughs> it's an amazing <laughs> job. Thank you for listening to the Femme Fatale podcast. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Femme Fatale Film Festival. This episode was recorded by Astrid Moore and edited by Rianne Sabroka, the music courtesy of Houndsteeth, who made a custom track for our podcast. You can check out their other music on Spotify. I would also like to extend a huge thank you to my lovely team, Ava Young, Rianne Sabroka, and Naya Hofer, and to everyone who has been a part of Femme Fatale over the years. Thank you. Signing off for now, catch us next time chatting with another femme fatale.